Stephanie Plant. Let's get in her business. Is this me? Yeah, that's you. So fancy. Oh my God. Well, here we are. Here we are. What do we do? I love this. I have been on the receiving end of your camera lens more than once, (laughs) and now I've got you where I want you. Oh my God! Welcome I didn't think to about my that. house, right? Yeah. I'm in to I'm our house. house, to our house where where the microphones are sometimes hot. That's so funny. I was so moved by uh, what I learned about you and your business model. So perhaps we could start. Um, maybe I should say this is Lori Bishop. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was such kismet to have met you because it has unfolded into so many different things. That would start me off into why I do what I do. But I'm a photographer, a portrait photographer with a, a brand and design business as well. That matters because the way I see things, um, the way I look at taking your portrait is, where's it going to go? What's the meaning behind it? Who are you? What's off? So all that, the story behind it is super intriguing to me. And that pops out a fabulous photo or portrait because it's talking more about you. It's not just catching you in a, in a pretty light and we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a studio here upstairs from your office. Yay, another m- point of kismet. Yeah, we where... cast our net really far when we <laughs> yeah. were looking for subjects. <laughs> we did a whole lot of research. We walked up 12 steps. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe 12. Uh, yeah, I think there's more than 12. There but but um, that was the beauty of meeting you is we had an incredible session and you opened up opportunity for me to open my first studio. I was shooting in my home before, which meant a lot of cleanup and making sure the cat stayed outside and worrying about allergies and stuff. So I am upstairs, I've got my studio, I go on location as well as shooting in the studio and my primary person is women over 50. I've started talking to men over 50 as well, but. Um, my strongest interest in is working with women and supporting them and having them feel great and feel at ease and um, it, have an experience. It's more than just grab a photo. So you end up with photos. I work with women in business mostly. That's, that's who I'm really looking to support and I relate to. And you walk away with a, beautiful photos that you can use for Several years running, and your your business name is is become oh. be seen. Those details, um, <laughs> but there's my, a lot of meaning there. Maybe you yeah. can expound upon that. Yeah, absolutely. My business name is become studios, mm. and be seen is my tagline, if you will. And become. I took a lot of time to just sit with this notion of invisibility, and growth, personal growth, and progress, and you know who are we as human beings, and the. The growth piece, uh, you know, as I looked harder and harder at it, is like, we don't stop. We're not stopping growing. And there's this perception that you hit 50 in the business world, and mostly talking about the business world, but if you hit 50, oh, you're done. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's just this weird assumption in society. And there's all kinds of people working well past 50, but there's this perception that you're kind of done. 
oh, you got some gray hairs, you're kind of done. Or, you may, or maybe you should be in the job that you're planning to stay in by then because you're right. not as marketable. No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, there's, why would you grow? You already hit, you know, your end goal. Why would you be starting something new? It just, you know, people don't associate that age 50 plus with growth and excitement and passion and starting something new. Mm-hmm. That's just our system. That's just our system. So become is really about we're always becoming. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always changing and shifting and growing. I don't care if you're 90 or you're 20 or you're somewhere in between. We are always becoming. And I wanted to emphasize that in my business when I'm talking to people who are 50 plus. Mm. And, and the being seen, I could go on about this and on and on and on. The invisibility factor of people over 50, I wouldn't limit it to just women, but I am a woman, so I, I relate to that mm-hmm. experience of invisibility, of being dismissed, of not wanting to be seen Mm -hmm. because your body's just wackadoodle and you're like, I don't recognize me. I don't want Mm -hmm. anyone to see this. I want to be that, Mm -hmm. what I used to be. Uh So there's a whole bunch of stuff to unpack around invisibility. Uh So I want you to be seen. Mm. Not the way you want someone else you know, to look at, not the veneer, not the show, not the shoulds, but I really want you to be seen. Mm-hmm. And that's the space that I hold in my studio or if I visit you on location to to be seen and be mm-hmm. visible. And here I am talking on a podcast, <laughs> be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, it's crucial for our own growth. It comes through in, in your very person, uh, just in conversation, but it also as someone who's experienced we both have, frankly, yes. uh, been photographed by you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Kalina is uh, significantly younger. <laughs> Not all of us are in the over 50 demographic. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I photograph all, all ages, but, however. But I do think Kalina was on the young end of people that you usually see. And yeah. not only did you treat me as if I was incredibly visible the first time we, we took pictures, but then when we revisited photos uh, when Kalina started working here and we started a podcast uh, I saw you just in a whole other you were able to shift gears sort of between your two subjects in a in a beautiful way Um, and I think the invisibility piece while it is such a big issue for women I think it it certainly is an issue in in many minority groups yeah it it goes way beyond my focus group, if you will. And and I just, I feel like it's one of those things in the world today that if we could create more visibility as, as we walk each step mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if we can create opportunities to be seen and heard, mm-hmm. then it's a better day. Well, it's a better day and it's a better connection. I always think my last for my last spiritual foray is me on the freeway driving. Um, <laughs> that's where my a lot of my growth needs to happen. But imagine if you could talk to everyone on the freeway. If you had to, not that you'd want to, but if you had a little microphone and you're like, "Dude, why did you just cut me off?" Mm-hmm. And he could say, oh, "I was having the crappiest day. You know, my kid is sick and I'm late for my job." Your empathy meter would go way up, and you're like. Let me let me escort you to your job. That sounds horrible. And your cortisol level would go way down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it, it, it's a great. You know, that's the great isolation, right? Everyone in sure. their cars, at least in California. Um, but that 
that's where I think the the visibility if if someone says please show up hmm. please really give me your authentic voice for lack of a better mm -hmm. term but please show up please tell me what your your point of view is then I get the chance to connect with you even if I disagree with you hmm. and that makes you more visible to me and me more visible to you Be just what you said the cortisol level everything's like Mm -hmm. It comes way down, and we get to see each other and just be with each other mm -hmm. and shift out of that immediate judgment place, which biologically we're built to do, right? Mm -hmm. Other is scary because they're going to hit me in the head with a rock or <laughs> steal my elephant or whatever. You know, I mean, like way, you know, back yeah. in the day. Yes. Had you experienced 50 when you started mm. to focus on this group? Well, I started the business, started the photo business when I was 50. Huh. But you had 20-something years of design, brand yeah. design work leading into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my history is in communication design, I would say, and that's really on the page, on paper, on screen. The web was being born, and I was being born with it. It was huh. super cool. Um, so I learned how to see and marry concepts and theories and themes to visual representation, whether it's a company or it's a person. So that, that's where all that, that meaty stuff showed up, and I was absolutely in love with it. And then come 50-ish, late 40s, I was like, well, I've done that. I'm running my own company now. I don't want to design anymore. What's next? Hmm. Four or five years into my search, um, I found photography again, and fortunately, unfortunately, it was tied to my dad's death. Mm -hmm. He had, um, uh, he was an amateur photographer. We kind of connected on it. Of course, we did, you know, design and photography. We overlapped. And when he passed, I was the most likely candidate of all my siblings to inherit his gear. Mm -hmm. So I started, honestly, it was part of my grieving process for uh, the first year or two just spend time with the camera and mm. I was photographing bugs and plants and landscapes and you know mm. it's beautiful around here and swore I would never photograph people way too scary because because the notion of being in control of my gear and chatting and making someone out putting someone else at ease all that just seemed like a mystery so <laughs> it took me it, what that was my 50th year a huge transition um Huge shift. That was a significant person for me to lose. My mom is still here. Um, so all kinds of, that's, again, the challenges of that age group, all kinds of challenges happening and opportunities to shift and change. What do we do with those things? I turned it into a photography business. <laughs> and I'd say two, three years in, I really started hitting my groove. I'm like, this is a blast. Mm -hmm. I want, I want all of my girlfriends up in my studio and we're just having a good time and we're taking photos and we're making you look good and you're at ease and it's fun. That's how I want my studio to feel for everybody. It's interesting to hear you say that you started out with a level of intimidation or a little bit of anxiety about all the, you know, equipment and everything because as Stephanie said when we were in our photo shoot together, you know, I'm never in the spotlight. Stephanie had to yeah. like drag me onto this mic, you know. <laughs> and look at our little bird now. Yeah. And it's get it's getting better, but yeah. similarly being in front of a camera just hasn't been part of my world. And yeah. so you really had to create an environment and 
break through that until I was comfortable so that you could shoot me at myself and not with all these walls up. And on the theme of visibility, it's intimidating. Like at any age, I was terrified, you know, and I didn't anticipate that, you know, I'm getting makeup done, my hair done, I'm not nervous. And then as soon as you point the lens at me, I was like, um, (laughs) Stephanie, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) And you're still here. Yes. Yes. That's with beautiful headshots. the, the, (laughs) The feedback is tremendous. So thank you for just letting me know how it felt for you. That's what I strive for. And I did ultimately learn how to, who knows which compartmentalized part of my brain is thinking, lighting, change the, close the window, open the window, change my shutter speed. I've gotten so comfortable with the technology piece of it um, that the the speaking piece of it just comes out. I mean, that's the absolutely most crucial. Who cares if I get the photo a little bit dark? Mm -hmm. If I'm catching the sparkle in Mm -hmm. your eye or catching you laughing or catching you in a pose where you feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. that's... I can adjust later. Absolutely. So, yeah, a combination of getting comfortable with the gear and also letting go of perfection. I mean, that's part of the being seen too, right? People are so concerned about coming across perfect, the, the should. How, how should I look? Oh, God, all these people on Instagram look so perfect with their filters and their shiny teeth yeah. and their... I've been off Instagram for several years now. I deleted it to study for an exam, and it's the best thing for my mental health. I mean, you don't really realize it because you look at it as, like, a fun outlet. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, the constant comparison and wanting your photos to be perfect and you point out everything that you don't want them to see that no one's looking at when they're scrolling a mile a minute, you know? Right. But it affects your whole day. Yeah. It does. It absolutely does. Whether you're, you know, in business, you can be comparing and going, oh, God, they're doing some, oh, that photographer's doing amazing <laughs> stuff. I saw I should post more. Yeah. I should this more. I, yeah. It's that voice in your mm-hmm. head. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's the, even getting in front of the camera then becomes this performance. And the performance means you've got a veneer. You have a curtain around you. You're like, don't, don't see any vulnerable piece of me. I don't want mm-hmm. you to poke at me and f- see my yucky stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that no one, if, if, especially in business, if you're running your own business, no one's going to be able to find you if, you're, if your real self isn't showing up a little bit. Your mm-hmm. laugh or your smile or you're looking away or whatever it is. Hmm. If you, I'm thinking about brand as well, if, if you're not showing up the way that f- feels best to you, you're not going to find aligned clients. You're not going to find aligned friends. You're not going to find aligned whatever you're looking for. Because mm-hmm. they can't find you. They can't see you. And you don't just mean they can't find you because you don't have a photo on Instagram. <laughs> they can't no. find you. They can't connect with you. Yeah, they, yeah exactly. Because they can't see the real you. They can't. You're they, giving me goosebumps all I over know. the place. I, I, well, that's I what's know. so... Me too. It's mm. such a beautiful thing to be part of. Well, the vulnerability is is so real and I I just um, you know it it would be easy to say oh yeah she takes pictures and you put on makeup and it's like all just fake for Instagram but Mm -hmm. it's quite the opposite right Mm -hmm. it's the disarming nature of the whole process that you've created and then you are equally disarming and genuine and and then the the fact that this started from your own vulnerable place of mm. grieving your dad really um, speaks to me. Uh, I wonder about your mentorship, perhaps, from him and what, mm. what, what lessons he mm, gave man. to you. 
the mentorship that I got from my dad, you know, it had nothing to do with the specifics of creativity. Hmm. However, it was the support, the sheer support my entire life to follow what made me really feel good. Hmm. Um, and tolerate the rest of the crazy shit that I did when I was. But like he didn't. <laughs> but, it wasn't like you must become a doctor or. Oh you know. Lord, no! Uh-huh. My my dad was a um, pediatrician by mm. by trade and loved it, um, and my mom supported that and it, you know was at home with us. Did for, all for the kids. other work. <laughs> yeah, and they, but they met in summer theater in New York. Mm. So they both had a strong interest in theatrics and and creativity, and we were always doing crafty stuff around the house. So it was a a vibe in our house that you creating is is supported. Mm -hmm. Art is supported, amongst other things. Um, So there was no, you should be this. It was more, find your bliss. See what you can do to figure it out. And then I find out later they're holding their breath. Oh, they're like, oh, my God, she's going to design school. Is she going to be able to support herself? Um, and the web showed up, and I, yes, no problem supporting myself. <laughs> Hooray. But that, that's the, the foundation my parents set for, for my own success is go for it. Follow it. Figure it out. Fall in love with it. Support it all the way across, across my entire career. And now here you are talking to predominantly women, but people mm. at a transitional stage of life, right? Turning yeah. 50 is sort of, can it's, often be the end of, of, of parenting kids in the home. It can be a transition mm-hmm. stage, certainly um, biologically for those, those of us at that age. 100%. <laughs> I don't know anyone who gets, gets away without changing. Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly professionally. What a great match for you, right? And then you bring that, like, anything's okay yeah. that you grew up with to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of transformations have you seen in clients? Like, do you have a, a favorite story or a most pivotal moment? That's a good, and it's a good question. A woman who came in and she's in business, corporate companies, from startup to whatever, um, large company, small. So that's her world. And she's like, okay, I need some new headshots. It's just time. I'm like, okay, cool. We go through her entire wardrobe, styling, and she was putting things on. We have a closet session, so we're in her closet on Zoom, and she's pulling things out and put stuff on. And we finally figure out, yes, okay, a couple blazers, a couple expected things. And then she's like, oh, maybe bring a T-shirt too. She shows up. We're, we've got her in her blazers, and she's – She's feeling very, a little stiff and confident, but, you know, feels good, expected. Once we got her out of those corporate clothes and she put on a T-shirt and jeans, her whole demeanor just went, it just shifted. And then I have that big purple tulle skirt, you know, Mm -hmm. that one that's that one size. It's like the Carrie Bradshaw (laughs) skirt, right, from Sex and the City. I love that thing. I love that thing. And I, I made it in my living room. So it, it ties on to any any anybody. It just ties on. She was looking at that. She's like, I gotta put that on. So we have her in this incredible striped sort of French-looking black and ivory shirt and the big purple skirt. Wow. And she just shifted. She came to life. She's like, this is fun. I feel good. You know, she. It wasn't like she felt like her young, you know, twelve-year-old self. But she started to play and come to life. And she bought one of the photos in the purple skirt she's like 
that's a reminder of who I am. Oh. I'm getting chills because she's like, I'm not this corporate person. Like my blazers feel weird and I don't, I don't love what I'm doing right now. I want something different. And it just felt so good to her Hmm. to play and not perform and not be what everyone's expecting. doesn't mean that's going to be her business headshot, but her personal shift was visible. Hmm. It was amazing. So that's so interesting because I would have thought you might also have the reverse. I think Mm -hmm. of like there's invisibility in motherhood too. All of a sudden it's that time of rediscovering yourself yeah and and, and the dads too uh, and and I just would think you might also see people going going back to the workforce perhaps yeah. or starting something of their own do you see people shifting 100%. into it too 100 percent yeah that was my most visceral in the moment experience mm-hmm. there has been a handful of women who, for lack of a better term, have been ousted Mm. from their corporate jobs because they're not valued anymore. Mm. And it's no one's saying you're fired, but they're saying, you know, you don't need to weigh in anymore. You don't need to be at the conference table. You you don't need to be in that meeting. Mm. When they're bringing so much wisdom to the table, who cares if they don't have the technology? that's, That's a learned piece of it that a lot of people can bring to the table. They're bringing a lived experience that you can't, there's no substitute for. So I've met a lot of women that come from that scenario and they're like, well, I'm done here. Hmm. I'm gonna bust a move and start my own thing because I believe in X, Y, and Z. And I'm not seeing a transformation in the studio per se, but we're having that conversation. That's why they're in the studio. That's how they're exploring their next self. It can be, an author who's hunkered down, head down, private, shifting into, well, now i got to go public speaking. Mm-hmm. That, that's a shift I've seen. So the, the photo shoot itself was a moment for her to um, look outward mm. instead of inward. So she's created her own shift, and our photo shoot supplied her with a lot of tools that she needed you know, author photos and speaker photos. And as like, if you and I are talking about your photo shoot, when I start asking you the questions, it's like your brand questions, Sparks but it's the ideas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause mm-hmm. we're talking about you and what you're doing and where you're going and what you left and where you want to, what's your vision and how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. All of those are part of a photo shoot. And if you can tell the story with the pictures, yeah, then you've done your job. Yes, exactly. So tell me, I think you have advice for women who are pivoting about what makes them particularly good leaders. What I've experienced, even even sponsorship when I was younger, is um, empathy is a leadership skill. Mm. I haven't done my data search, but I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, women have about 40% more synapses between their left and right hemisphere of their brain. Women have that, and they were they were structured that way. Again, from the caveman days, mm-hmm. um, don't quote me on it, but we had to be able to, you know, having the babies, watching the babies, getting the water, finding the herbs that or plants that won't kill you, cooking something, you know, mm-hmm. the guys are coming home, get the tiger ready, all, all this kind of whatever <laughs> we're eating, whatever we're having for dinner, <laughs> all we had, we are biologically someone had to do that, and so we just built more synapses back and forth. So while we are running a business 
and making some intellectual decisions, mm-hmm. we're also taking into account the human beings around us and, and at our best, having empathic moments. Hmm. And I think that kind of leadership takes people into consideration. That's looping us all the way back to, am I being seen? Am I being heard? Oh, well, yeah, my, my woman boss or the head of my company is making sure they're asking the questions and helping me be seen. It doesn't mean tolerating bad behavior or none of that, but it's just like, who's best for job X? Who's best for job Y? How, let me listen to you first before I make some cut, cut and dry decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I think women excel at being, at being really good leaders because mm-hmm. they can do a lot of different things at the same time. Um, they're empathic. They're supportive, and generally, women like to connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, everything's take it with a grain of salt because everyone's individual has their individual strengths. But um, I liked how you said sponsor. Who have been the mentors and mm, sponsors in your work life? I have had some great sponsors in my work life, even starting when I was in design school, and. Most of them been women. There was a wonderful creative director, um, a guy who was fantastic. But many of the of the women are they're they're looking for how you want to grow. Or mm. let me rephrase: they looked for how I wanted to grow. That was more internship world. But they they were really like, oh, I I see what you're doing there. Oh, I don't worry about that mistake. Oh, you're extremely supportive, and letting me make mistakes along the way and helping me learn so I got better. You know, teaching me how to fish, hmm. really. Um, and I found I respond the best if I have a, a mentor or a I, – I consider a mentor somebody who's giving you information. I consider a sponsor somebody who's connecting you with more people mm-hmm. and and setting things up for you and saying, hey, hey, you know, Mary's waiting for you in her office to talk about that thing you wanted to right. talk about. And mentoring is – Maybe you should go get a job or maybe you should, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you should try this or that or, you know, mm-hmm. giving them ideas. But sponsorship is really like whoo, sending them out into the world. And I've, I've had both. So then that you just led me to my next question. How do you in turn then give that back in, in your work by mentoring, sponsoring, leading mm-hmm. um, someone else? I have... Well, I have this weird propensity that I really like paying people. I love writing the check. Here, like, wait, yes. let me give you my address. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I love I love supporting people. So running my design business, I have several designers and programmers and writers, and I love bringing them in together. I love finding somebody who's talented and bringing them into my circle mm. so they have a chance to work on some, you know, younger people, like, oh, you have something real to work on. This isn't just a school project. So I'll bring, bring people in as a paid um, freelancer. I don't have employees, but as, mm-hmm. a, as a paid freelancer, um, I just had a trans woman come in and become my assistant for the summer mm. in, the, in the photo studio. I'm all, yes, mm-hmm. just yes, let's do this. And, and show up in the studio and tell me what you want to create. I mean, I, I just like sponsoring artistic ability in people. It's probably, again, looping back to what my parents did for me. I'm like, 
everyone deserves a chance to understand all their options and feel mm. supported and go for it creatively. Like try something new, go out in there and throw paint against the wall, whatever you need, try it, just try it. Enough people are gonna tell you to not do something, I, I will be a proponent for you to do something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Try it, explore it. And that, that leads into the studio as well. You know, when I'm doing a, a photo shoot, I'm like, sure, put on the purple skirt. I <laughs> <Yeah>. see. <laughs> let's, let's do it, you know, let's, let's try something. If it doesn't work, who cares? I've got a lot of film. Were there um, specific mentoring moments that came out of the relationship with the summer apprentice? I mean, this person is 20, mm. so mm. so right in the middle of school. Makes you seem old. <laughs> yeah, Kalina, you look great. Um, so I think the sheer experience of being in a room with um, women 50-plus and watching me work with them, watching me converse with them, at one point – of course, we're talking about menopause. Why? That's always going to be a conversation. <laughs> I'm surprised we and, made it this long and the, no one said the word. <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm like, so you've probably never talked to your mom about menopause, huh? And, and they're, they're just, no. I'm like, okay, never mind. So, I mean, I, I'm like, let's, let's get that conversation out there. I don't care if a 20-year-old is in my studio. Mm -hmm. That is a worthwhile thing to mention out loud. Absolutely. talk about being invisible, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think exposure mm. is one of the things we can do in, mm -hmm. a, in a mentoring relationship. And in, in this effort, as you so eloquently said, to make visibility where invisibility has been before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like more opportunities that I have to lightly expose a younger person to that we certainly never talked when I was 20 I'm like I don't I didn't I don't even think I knew the word menopause you no know, it's probably something not. that you you hid and didn't talk it's your problem as that was my mom's something. problem mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> I, well I think it's all uh, our our parents generation is like mm -hmm. you just that's not you don't talk about that you know for some of us uh you know, you lost your dad, it sounds like at kind mm. of a young age. Uh, my mom was 53 when she died. Uh, and I don't, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about mm. this stage of life because she wasn't even through it. Yeah, she would have maybe just been. Right. So it's not like I can call and say, hey, so how did this go for you? Right. So if, if there are other women in my life that are willing to you know, I think that's one of the great things for me about my female relationships with women of all ages, frankly, uh, is the sharing. Yes. And like you said, and the talking. And um, what I'm learning about mentorship um, right here under my own mm -hmm. little roof is mm -hmm. that it goes both ways, right? Kalina and I have a 20-year age difference, and I'm the older one. Oh, by the way, <laughs> in case that wasn't totally not obvious. obvious. <laughs> not obvious. <laughs> But, it, you know, I learned so much from you also, mm -hmm. and uh, not just about what it's like to be, can I say it, 30 yeah. nowadays? I would, I would be like, I'm 30! Oh yeah. I'm wearing a sign that says I'm 30! <laughs> I, I also have a daughter who's 19. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Anna, if you're listening. <laughs> ha ha. You're not, because this is your mom's thing. Kalina and I have had so many conversations that help me bridge the gap between 53 and, and 19, mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. And, and she sits right there in the middle, literally on the number line. But Yeah, from 
I learned a ton from my assistant this summer, mm-hmm. especially about the trans world and their their experiences and the the difficulties and the blooming of of them. I mean, talk about visibility and visibility. It was yes. really exciting mm-hmm. to see what they're doing to say it out loud and yes. and become themselves. So, just in like a bigger question, but what yeah. works for you about this business life that you've built? What works? The f- Freedom, the freedom, the freedom. I'm able to do the things I need to do in the morning, which are super important to me to set my mind um, going in the right direction, Um, going for a walk, having tea, meditating, writing, and then starting my conversant day at 10 Mm a.m. That's just me. That's just what my body needs. And I will do everything I can to protect that morning space because I'm I, that's where my personal growth space is. Mm-hmm. And with physical, I'm very physical and I, I need that, like get charged up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the freedom to have time for myself to be considerate and self-aware and calm. Let me tell you, that brings a lot once I'm to the studio, once I'm in the studio. Right. You don't, you don't want an 8 a.m. shoot with me. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Um, Let's keep on going back to that word. The freedom to explore who I want to work with, who mm. I want to support, how I want to support them. Would I have come to photographing women 50 plus if I'd been working for somebody else? Hmm. I don't know. I love what you said, protecting my personal growth space. Mm. Would you have come to it if you hadn't been doing that? If you had had a nine-to-five job working for someone else, you wouldn't have been protecting the personal growth space. Well, it's the piece that, that you get stable, you're centered, you're, you're, you're calm, so you can be vulnerable without being completely bowled over by somebody. Mm-hmm. Every, everything comes back to that. When we're, when we're little, we learn some lessons, right? You're like, oh, don't, whatever, don't pet strange dogs, you get bit just an example. And you carry that forward. I think you get into your late 40s, 50s, you're like, hmm, is that story real? Do I need to carry that around? And we've built up, a, the way I see it, we've built up a tower of protection. Build that tower so nobody can mm-hmm. hurt you. Build mm-hmm. the tower so you look right and you feel right and you do the right thing. 50 is about you're, you're taking the bricks down and chucking them. I really believe that that was a strong experience for me is just hmm. like shed, shed, shed to get to your realness and keep practicing the realness. Keep hmm. practicing who you are and keep practicing your personal growth, whatever it looks like. Maybe it's going for a jog, maybe it's meditating, whatever it is. Um, practice that and you're going to keep shedding and then people can find you. Hmm. And that's the become piece of it you know mm-hmm. we're so good at looping back well you are looping no, you it just all did back it. you just did it and thank you i don't know how i mean this has been a, an enlightening conversation uh you managed to lift me up pretty much whenever i talk to you so oh yes. thanks i feel the same way Lori bishop <laughs> become studios come visit okay <laughs> yeah okay come on back too we would love to have you i would love it thanks Lori. thanks thank guys you. it was fun but when she landed like a bomb She is anything but strange Don't let her out of her cage 
In Her Business episodes produced and directed by Stephanie Plant and Kalina Cloud. Special thanks to Marble Party for our theme song, Shotgun Superman. As you heard in our episode, Lori has many gifts, including her design work, and I wanted to just give a big thank you to her because the podcast cover art that you see when you listen to our episodes is uh, courtesy of her design skills. So thanks again, Lori, for all your help. Thank you, Lori. We love it. And any and all photos that you'll see taken of me or me and Kalina, Lori's our personal (laughs) photographer, too. She's our go-to. Which is so great. You can find Lori Bishop of Become Studios at becomebeseen.com. That's become, B-E-S-E-E-N.com. That was really fun sitting down with Lori. When you're in her studio, you don't spend as much time talking. Obviously, we're bonding and, you know, laughing and having a good time. But to hear her story, um, something that really stood out to me is when she was talking about her experience with her summer intern. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to be in a room full of women 50 plus, like, yeah, we're going to talk about it and we're going to expose you. And I have also had that similar experience, like age aside, but just being in the room full of different women throughout Mm. this podcast and at our job Mm -hmm. and learning a lot. And we do um, patronize and frequent businesses and consultants often that are women. Mm -hmm. I do seem to seek that out, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. I don't even know if I know I'm doing it, but I guess I am putting a lot of women in front of you. Yeah, I think the state of the city is the best example, right? Like hmm. my first year, I mean, I had been hired in January and that, what is that, in May? Mm, sometime, March or April usually. March or April. And I mean, year one, I was just stuck to your side like a shadow, you know, and every five seconds it was like, Kalina, meet so-and-so, Kalina, meet so-and-so. And at the other one, I mean, like, I didn't even have time to talk to you. I one year even, later. Like, yeah, one year later, I couldn't even get to the bathroom. And I think it's a testament to how much we interact here. And I just went to lunch with my grandparents the other day and I saw Lee Wachtiari. Oh, and yeah, it was really City nice. Carpet, Sarah Fell, we interviewed her on a different podcast yeah. series. That never happens to me. You know, like I have my friends from high school, but my entire professional network I left behind in Hawaii. Even growing up here in Bolinas, you don't, you're not interacting. You're not seeing people you know when you're out and about in the county. I'm seeing m- my peers, mm-hmm. but they're in very different um, career paths and so we don't cross paths at work and so now, now you have colleagues I have colleagues yeah one thing that really stands out especially after this conversation with Lori is that whether at 30 years old I feel pressure to get involved romantically or to have kids or any biological clock that's ticking or whatever pressures are here and now you'll have different chapters throughout your life and you're there's always another side of the coin, right? Yes. And you're always going to grow. And we can all relate, right? There's so many things we can sit down and have an hour to two hour dialogue. And there's so many shared experiences mm-hmm. across the spectrum. To me, it's motivating mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it makes me feel like the clock not feel like it's ticking as fast. Oh, for that's me. nice to say it like that. And I heard her say, let go of perfection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. <laughs> Well, and I mean, neither have I. Mm -hmm. I am the world's slowest editor. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're not. I think that's just one of those life lessons. So much of Lori's business model, I think, is based around some of the main themes that I feel uh, we wanted to hit in doing a podcast focused on women-owned businesses. Absolutely. And and the whole conversation worked out so nicely to be the third episode of our first mini season 
because of her her spin on her professional life. You know, w- women over fifty maybe saying that that her business focuses on that. And I'm not going to suggest that this podcast is only for women over fifty, but I do think that. It's for people in transition. Women over 50 happen to, I think, be a group that you could identify as in transition, but you're well under 50 and you're telling me that you're in transition at 30. And mm-hmm. I think it's, um, I heard Jane Fonda interviewed recently mm-hmm. on a, a different podcast and she's 85 right. and she talked about having kind of a crisis at 60 and doing a life review, which I guess is an actual psychological tool that mm. uh, a doctor led her through. But she looked at her life in thirds and, you know, first third, 30 years, second third at 60. And then she's planning to 90. Mm-hmm. And she said that that review is sort of a, um, you know, a way to take stock and think about what you've accomplished, maybe where you need to grow, what you want to work on next. And, and each 30 years, obviously, you're gaining um, life experience and wisdom. And I mean, she is not only is she funny and spry and a trailblazer, but she's introspective. And I, I, I thought it was really succinct and well said. I think um, that's also the crux of our relationship, right? Like mm-hmm. I came fresh out of law school, looking for a job, looking for roots in Marin County, having not lived here since I graduated high school. And you were like, I don't have anything to teach you and like that was literally like maybe other than hi the first words out of your mouth like I don't know if I have enough work for you I don't know what I have to offer you Mm. and I knew just from your resume your presence online what Evan had told me about you Evan is a mutual friend we have who introduced us yes hi Evan (laughs) yeah Evan go shop at the store in Mill Valley she owns it with Ronnie and two women named Evan and Ronnie (laughs) um that you were a woman navigating the business world and like what wouldn't you have to teach me about that Hmm. and I mean it's a testament from how much we do together now of how much I've grown and learned and I think this podcast I mean I'm always hearing little nuggets right we talked about Maggie's episode about our crew and their relationship and it's reciprocal and we talk about that a lot in our relationship but that relates to Jane Fonda and that we don't always take the time to reflect on what we have to offer and what takes stock of our life and whether it's in chapters, whether it's an increment, however you want to do that life review. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I stopped you in your tracks of like, wait a minute, do do take stock because you do have kind of a pretty long list of things to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. It's not your like first instinct to say, yeah, I have a lot to offer. Or no, teach or I mean, not I think offer, we, we go around thinking, you know, Sort of in a, I am humble in that. I try to be humble, I think, in that way. And, I'm and just, just so you know, we're both full time employed, and I don't know how you did this before. <laughs> <laughs> Without you, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and just to get back to um, the things Lori said a little bit too, because I think it's so on point, the difference, her differentiation between mentors and sponsors, mm, mm-hmm. and that conversation about needing and seeking both. Yes. Is, yeah. was really valuable and interesting. So I hope people take away from the episode um, that th- those concepts and and go seek those relationships in mm-hmm. your life. And and if you if you come back here in looking for those relationships, we will try to present guests that can be both mentors and sponsors here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to that end, um, 
I think probably we should talk about protecting your personal growth space, which is what Kalina is about to go do. Yes. So the reason we're doing three episodes is because Kalina is going to take a small leave, three months, but small leave. Major. Uh, so that she can invest in herself. Yes. Thank you. I am taking um, three months off to study for the California State Bar. Yikes. Woo, woo. So we wanted to get in her business before I left and leave you with something to listen to. And we will be back with more episodes, more interesting guests. And in the meantime, if you would consider writing to us, messaging me on Instagram, we would love to learn about the men and women in your life that you think might make an interesting guest. And we want to learn how you work. So again, I'm on Instagram at Stephanie Plant underscore talks. Or you can email us at inherbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to send some encouraging words to Kalina, <laughs> you can do that too. And I will share them with her. But I'm going to do my very, very best to leave her alone. Oh, man. And miss her. And uh, when she gets back, we're going to have a, um, a little episode about, I'm going to interview you. Okay, deal. Deal? Deal. All right, everybody. You've got it on the mics. Yeah, it's on record <laughs> There's no now. Turning back. We're on record now. <laughs> we are grateful that you joined us. I'd like to say a special thank you to Heather, Maggie, and Lori for being part of our first three episodes. Woohoo! Thank you, guys. We couldn't have done it without the three of you, and you really lent um, your your voices to to great conversation. Absolutely. We'll be back. See you soon. Mm-hmm.